0: Welcome to the DHG podcast series with a focus on life beyond numbers with topics about people,
1: careers, and flexibility. And now, here's your host, our Director of Corporate Communications and All Things Fun, Alice Gray Harrison. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our DHG podcast series. I'm Alice Gray Harrison, your host, And I love this venue because I get to talk to our people about the things that matter the most to them, flexibility, careers, and of course, our people. Today, I'm lucky enough to have with me our Chief People Officer, Effin Logue. Welcome, Effin. Thank you, Alice Gray.
0: Great to be here.
1: I'm excited that we have a moment to talk. So today, I came up with five questions that I think are at the top of the minds of our people. Okay. And so I'm just going to... We're just going to go through these five questions. This is a firing drill for you. <laughs> uh, okay. So, with this, this one, I think is a really interesting question. So, with several of, of the larger firms and even some smaller firms announcing a relaxed dress code, th- there's a lot of buzz within the industry around this topic.
0: What's your thoughts, and what's DHG's position on this? Oh, this is a really good question. Yeah, we have recently seen some articles. There's two firms in particular who just in the last month have uh, announced a relaxed dress code, which for them means um, it's business casual, but they're allowed to wear jeans on the bottom. So I spent a little time thinking about this, researching, spent some time also talking with leadership about this, uh, what people's thoughts are on the entire concept, and then we participated actually in a survey. So we took the top 25 accounting firms and we all responded to a survey on what are people doing? The reason we like to do that at DHG is just to get a sense of the trends that are happening. Is it a flash in the pan or is it something where overwhelmingly everyone is moving this way? And if everyone's moving this way, it would be hard for us to say, no, 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 we're not going to do that. What we found is that there are about four firms out of the 17 who responded, who have gone to this dress code policy, which is more relaxed, jeans on the bottom every day. The majority of the firms, however, really are focused still on being business casual. And when I spent some time with our leadership, we feel really good about the dress code we have right now. First of all, our offices tend to dictate what their dress code is. Overall, as a firm, we like to have a dress code where there's still a sense of professionalism and pride, where we can still reflect and uh, make sure that our clients feel very good about the people who are working on all of their engagements and, and all the advisory work we do, so that... Our people fit with our clients. They fit with our standards of professionalism. And yet, because we do allow business casual every day, even though it's not jeans on the bottom, it is more of a business casual environment. If you're in the office, not doing client work, we think that is enough of a casual environment that we can still have the friendliness and fun that sometimes suits every single day wouldn't allow. So, We're sticking with our dress code policy the way it is, and we're very, very pleased about where we are right now. We also like the tie-in on Fridays of corporate philanthropy, and that is something that does tend to get lost with the jeans every day approach. So we love the tie-in with philanthropy. We like the professionalism. We like the client service aspect of staying where we are right now.
1: And so for those of you who may not understand the philanthropy tie-in, many of our offices on Fridays, you pay $5 towards a charity and then, and then, wear, yes. and then wear jeans. So, yeah. well, I think that I personally like to get up and get dressed. <laughs> so I was happy to hear that that was the dress code. So thank you for clarifying and sharing our take on oh, that. my pleasure. It is a hot topic. I, I read a recent blog that I thought was interesting, and it was against the more relaxed. Mm. And, and the writer was saying, we encourage all of our people to be client-facing as much as possible, yes. interacting with our clients, being out in the marketplace. And, and to have a relaxed dress code... Mm-hmm is not encouraging them to take on more professional activities out in the market. So it, for us at Dixon Hughes Goodman, I think this makes a lot of sense.
0: Absolutely. Listen, we also you know, continue to follow what's happening in the marketplace. We have great relationships with some of our peer firms. So we'll be keeping on top of this one. If we start to see a dramatic change, we will, of course, take another look at this. But uh, you're right. Right now, the clients like what, how we dress the way we dress right now. We like it too.
1: Excellent. Okay, I'm gonna move on. So this one, um, the war on talent is is really fierce right now. Yep. Um, What are we doing to retain our top talent?
0: Well, this is a great question as well. You know, we really need to think about why do people leave? Why would people want to leave DHG or any other firm? And there are three main reasons that have remained strong through the last five to seven years of why people leave. They leave when they don't like their manager or the people they work with. They leave when they feel that there's a lack of career opportunity, and they leave because of compensation. They feel they're not recognized enough, they're not rewarded enough for their contributions to the firm. We do a great job with the managers and leaders of our firm, so um, I'm sorry to say, but I'm gonna do a little bit of a spoiler alert. We just got (laughs) our DHG voice results in yesterday, and uh, I'm so pleased to say, 87% of our employees trust in their managers, and 92% of us say that our managers treat us with respect. So I'm going to say for the majority of the time, for us, when we do exit surveys, we don't see that people dislike their managers or the leaders of the firm. So we're feeling really good about that component of one of the retention items we'd look at. In terms of careers... We already do a lot in terms of careers. We have great education, great training through our learning and development groups, and we continue to grow and expand those. But we are looking over the next two years to transform leadership and development as it is today to something we're calling DHG University. And with DHG University, we're going to strengthen our career tracks. And that's from intern through partner. So as I like to say to our partners, it's not as if you are made partner one day and magically the heavens open up and all knowledge is revealed to you. Uh, so you still have to continue to learn and grow as partners because you are the leaders of the firm and you want to continue to grow and expand the knowledge and share that with the people of the firm. So we do a good job right now with careers and we're very excited about, again, some of the responses on the engagement survey to that. But we are growing and expanding even further with DHG University. So that brings us to compensation. We're looking this summer to create an educational push so that every single person in DHG understands how you get paid, what you get paid, and why you're paid it. Wow. Yes. It's going to be really Very transparent, right? Very transparent. That is the concept we're going to for most of our programs. So at the end of the summer, so at the end of August, every employee is going to see where I fit, how I compare to the market, we're going to be transparent about market numbers as well so that everyone understands what they're paid, what positions in different geographic regions are paid. And what that those positions are. So if I'm a senior looking to become a manager, it's transparent to me what managers make in my market as well. So we, we're going to love that transparency. It comes with a tremendous amount of education wow. to make sure people understand it because compensation can be an emotional topic. Right. We also, of course, introduced Boost last mm-hmm. uh, December so that for our seniors and uh, lead consultants and consultants in the client-facing groups, they have an opportunity for some additional retention dollars, and we're excited about seeing how that program is going to play out in terms of retention, particularly at the client-facing senior uh, and lead level. And then finally, we introduced the RAVE program last September. Yes,
1: we love the RAVE program. (laughs) And for those of you who may not know, RAVE is our recognition program, and it is awesome.
0: It is fantastic. (laughs) We were so excited about the initial response to RAVE, We were told by our consultants who worked with us to introduce it, that if we had 70% of our people uh, enroll within the first month, we would have a successful program. That's what their statistics would show. We had 77% enrollment in the first week.
1: Yes, it was amazing to (sighs) see how fast that caught on. It was
0: great. Then our second fear was as people went into what we would call our busier season for our assurance and tax businesses, that we would see a drop-off in Rave. People would say, oh, I'm too busy. I don't have the time. We haven't seen any drop-off whatsoever. So it is alive. It's thriving. It's exciting. It's fun. It is so fun.
1: I I mean, I I have made it a practice for myself that I go, if I have not gone on terrain Mm -hmm. throughout the week, on Friday afternoons, I usually take a few moments to reflect on my week and to look ahead. Yes. And as I reflect on my week. I go on Rave and I recognize those people who helped me do my job. It's actually
0: a great practice.
1: And and it really works Mm -hmm. because, you know, during the week, you're so busy moving, 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 moving. But then when you take a moment to reflect. But I love Rave and I know our people love the recognition as well. And that was something that came from our engagement survey, our DHG voice surveys. They wanted that
0: tool. That is exactly right. Our employees are pretty loud and clear on such things as recognition and the fact that we wanted more recognition. And luckily for us, and what we've seen in the voice survey results um, already from January, the recognition aspect went up as well. So people have been very satisfied with it. And we're just looking for further and further fun with Raves. So with the managers, the leaders we have, the quality of the managers and leaders and what we see in terms of the trust that our people have with Compensation, both what we're doing in transparency, the boost program, a recognition program with Rave, and then finally also with DHG University for the careers aspect. We think we've got some really, really good thoughts in place on further retention in the War for Talent.
1: I I couldn't agree more. Thank you for sharing all that. With us, Okay. The next one, we're going to look to the future here. Uh, and I want to ask you, what's the next big thing on employee benefits? What's, what do you think is going to be the next trend or change?
0: Oh, my gosh. Um, employee benefits is so up in the air right now. Obviously, with the elections, those of you who are following any of the election results, uh, things going on you know, there is a significant challenge being raised by the Republican Party to, you know, what's referred to as Obamacare. So it's really hard to predict what's going to happen with benefits themselves. Where we're going to focus is, again, on um, what we can do in terms of retirement planning and what we can do in terms of employee wellness. Mm. Um, So we feel if we focus on the financial health of our people, which includes the compensation that people receive uh, for doing sure. for doing great jobs and also planning and protecting for people's retirement and how we can help in that area. We're gonna deal with what we can there, kind of let the politics of right. your health and, and you know medical stuff kind of take care of itself and we'll respond to that. But if we focus on wellness health and the actual medical benefits becomes less important for our people because our people will be healthier. So what we're doing is uh, we're going to be taking a look at what we do in terms of wellness. And when we think about wellness in the future, we're thinking about your health, so the body and the wellness of the body, the wellness of the spirit and um, your emotional health and well-being as well, and then your financial wealth and healthy. So- those aspects all create what we would call a well-rounded wellness program. And mm-hmm. we're focused very much on those over the next two years to figure that piece out. Ooh,
1: that's exciting stuff. <laughs> I can't wait to hear more. I, I, I've gotten glimpses of some of the wellness and I, and I know it's just going to be so exciting and I am excited to be part of it. Yes. All right. Another hot topic inclusion and diversity. We're celebrating Women's History Month this month. Um, Last month, we did some celebration of Black History Month. What are we doing at Dixon Hughes Goodman to enhance inclusion and diversity? And what are we doing within the industry as a whole?
0: Sure. We at DHG have two main efforts underway. So we've had Women Forward, which is a program we've had for about three years. And let's just spend a little bit of time on women forward. First of all, I have heard the terms women forward, men backward. Um, And I just want to make sure everyone understands that is not the intention of women forward program. The women forward program is really intended. It's like everyone forward. Yes, Um,
1: absolutely. So,
0: One item we do want to make sure though, is that our partners and our employees of the firm understand the business case for women forward, that this is not a program that is built around We're just going to focus on women and only promote women at the exclusion of everyone else. That is not the intention of the program. What we fundamentally believe is that the best person wins the job, whether we're hiring from the outside, whether we're promoting internally, the best person wins the job. What we do know is that women have been socialized in a way, and men have been socialized in a way, that some of those factors related to recruiting and retention and promotion don't favor women as much as they favor men, hence the Women Forward Program. So what we're doing is we're going to try to break down some of those historic barriers that women and men, as they grow up, are socialized with. So an example is the Rainmaker Series that we started last year and we're continuing this year. That's a focus on business development. The program is open to everyone in the firm. It's designed, however, to overcome some of the myths and some of the untruths about business development that a number of us face, but in particular, that women have been socialized to face. But it is open to all. It's the precursor for the team's approach to how we do win in the marketplace. But it really focuses on growing skills and busting apart myths about business development. It has been successful. We've seen some great results and some great feedback from it. And we're really excited about moving forward this year with more augmented programs around Rainmakers and around the fundamentals of business development.
1: That's fantastic news.
0: One other item we're going to be focusing on starting this year is sponsorship programs. So we will be starting a diversity sponsorship program. This is not just for women, but it also focuses on the minorities of our firm. To course correct again in some of those areas that we have not been socialized to do as well as women and minorities in terms of seeking sponsorship Which helps accelerate our careers. Uh, So we're very excited about that. Uh, Many, many more items to iron out in terms of the sponsorship sure. program, but that's something that we're focusing on this uh, this year as well.
1: And I have to do a shameless plug on sponsorship because <laughs> I am doing an interview with Gary Thompson, one of our regional managing partners, podcast interview, so be sure to check that out. And he's going to be talking about sponsorship and what it means to him yes. and how his sponsorship of various women throughout his career has you know not only helped the women but helped him
0: oh it's amazing yeah. what sponsorship does for those people who yeah. are sponsors you learn and grow so much when you're a sponsor and yeah it's just it works for everyone
1: yeah so shameless plug check that
0: in terms of the second aspect so women forward is one part of our program inclusion and diversity council we established last year and we're really focused in several areas One, we want to make sure that everyone understands what the basic understanding of what an inclusive work environment looks like. We know from a lot of the literature and research that's been done that traditional training programs about diversity don't work. And in fact, sometimes they can hurt an inclusive work environment rather than help an inclusive work environment. So we know we're not going to be doing extensive exhaustive training about diversity but we want to focus on understanding what makes an inclusive work environment what are those behaviors that we want everyone to have Mm -hmm. so that we can bust this issue that we might have with diversity and inclusion we are focused on higher levels of retention for the minorities that we currently have within DHG we're taking a look at what best in class firms do about diversity and inclusion so those firms that are like top on you know, Diversity inks list or Working right. Mothers list. So we're going to take a look at those firms and figure out what are they doing that we could learn from so uh-huh. we could take it, internalize it, and make it work for DHG. Right. You know, we're our own culture and we'll make things work for us. And we're also excited. We do have some grassroots efforts and we love to see grassroots efforts, people forming groups around a certain group of people mm-hmm. or around a certain topic and just talking about it and getting to know each other better and understand each other well, those grassroots efforts are, tend to be some of the most powerful and impactful ways that we can continue to grow as a diverse work environment. So we're also going to look at busting apart some of these, what I consider irritating myths about generational differences.
1: <laughs> yes, I've heard you talk about these. <laughs> Tell us more. <laughs> Sorry, I will open at length.
0: I do believe that you know you cannot say just because it was born between this period of time and this period of time with a broad brush you're going to characterize me and everything I do and all my motivations and my values.
1: Yes, it would you would characterize me as lazy. No. I am not lazy, but my generation is characterized as lazy. (laughs) Every
0: every generation, according to the generation before it, is lazy. (laughs) Now I'm in the older generation, the more more mature generation, we'll call it. Um, But I don't consider anyone lazy. What I consider is that we have amazing employees. We are all unique. And what we want to do is focus on the uniqueness of each of us and Stop this broad brush approach to because I was born between this period of time, and this period of time, I am like everyone else of that generation. Sure. It's foolish, but we just want to start to talk to people as, oh, I'm an individual. So let's talk to me as an individual. And that we really think for uh, the IND council is our way of kind of busting through this generational nonsense.
1: Yes. That's really good. You did a a good job of not getting too far on your soapbox
0: for that one. (laughs) Sorry. You've heard me too often talk about it.
1: Anything else related to IND that you want to share before we move on?
0: Well, we do have a focus. You know, there's some fundamentals. You mentioned Black History Month, and now we have Women's History Month, and we will be celebrating a number of those types of months, if you will, in the future. So that, again, what we want to do with these months and these celebrations is start to get people to understand a little bit more about what it's like to be that type of a person. Mm -hmm. Um, So we just have a broader based understanding of each type of person that walks into our doors and and that we work with every day. That's the concept of understanding each of the months and celebrating them.
1: Yes, absolutely. Perfect. Great. All right. Let's move to the last question, number five. Flexibility has been a major focus in our DHG people strategy, and we've talked a lot about it over the past year, yeah. but I, I couldn't help but take this moment to ask again, what is flexibility and what does it mean to our people? And then looking forward, flexibility today is probably not what flexibility is going to be in five or 10 years. Mm-hmm. Do you have thoughts around that?
0: Yes. Um Alice Gray, you you've now known me for what, 14 months? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know some of my um biggest passions. Flexibility is one of my biggest passions. Um diversity and inclusion, one of my biggest passions, of course. Um That's why I picked these. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much for setting me up. So <laughs> flexibility, so near and dear to my heart. I, I will say I think DHG is already doing a really good job in flexibility. I think we when I go and talk with the head of HR for the top 20 accounting firms, and I see what they do and what we do, I'm just stunned at what we're doing and how far we are advanced in flexibility. Flexibility for us means you optimize your work and you know the performance that you do on the job, and simultaneously you optimize your personal life. And as many of you have heard me say, notice I never say the word balance. Uh, We live in an unbalanced industry, unfortunately. So there are certain times, uh, regardless of what job you have, that there just isn't the balance that we all seek every single day. And we just have to live with that. That happens not just in our industry, but across all industries and all jobs. What we do want to do though, is say, hey, We are good enough and we have good enough leadership and good enough managers and good enough team members across our employees that we get to talk about this and focus on this so that we can maximize and make sure that everyone has the opportunity to have the flexibility they need so that the work gets done and our clients are like satisfied and delighted with the work we do for them. And yet we're satisfied and delighted with our personal lives as well. That is the concept and the core of flexibility. We know we had some barriers. So one of the barriers we heard from our employees was, yeah, it sounds good, but our partners don't have flexibility. Mm. And so why would I want to be a partner? Because they don't have a flex work life. And if they don't have it, then I feel guilty not working and focusing on my personal life. That's why we instituted the partner sabbatical program. Ah, yeah. And that has been uh, received extremely well. I would say more for the managers and senior managers have received it well, and the partners are receiving it well um, as well. So that's yeah. it's, it's been a big hit for us. And again, it's our focus to say everyone needs a break, sure. And every we really want to focus on PTO. We want to focus on making sure at year end that our people get to enjoy and yes. extend the time with family and friends, um, unless they have pressing client responsibilities. So we're doing all of that to continue to underscore the focus on flexibility. But we can't stop here. Just because we think we are doing really well now does not mean we get to rest on our laurels. We have to continue to press in this area. If I had my way,
1: just just <laughs> the world according to FN. Just one girl's opinion. If
0: I <laughs> if I had my way in ten years, we would not be measuring people and productivity by the hours they put in at work. <laughs>
1: Which would be a real big change for accounting
0: firms. That would be a huge change. That is something that the industry is talking about. Mm -hmm. Everyone is dipping their toe in to say, what does this feel like, look like, sound like? How could we possibly exist without charge hours as a measure? But that's maybe considered pie in the sky. Mm -hmm. But we've got innovative minds in the industry to focus on this. We have innovative minds and DHG to focus on this. And best of all, we really have the initiative to do so. If we're talking about a war for talent and we're talking about flexibility and we're talking about trying to attract people to our industry Mm -hmm. and other industries are doing things that we're not able to do merely because of how we measure productivity Mm -hmm. today, Mm -hmm. we're not going to get there. So for the accounting profession, We really need to focus on this. In 10 years, I would hope we don't have charge hours. Sorry to all the people out there. I might be
1: freaking everyone out, and I don't want to freak you out. Matt Snow's phone is starting to light up already.
0: (laughs) But we've got a long way to go to figure out how we measure productivity without charge hours. Uh, But I think if we can get rid of that measure and focus on other things or maybe we do other things in addition to it, we can continue to press the envelope in terms of flexibility.
1: Wonderful. I think it'll be exciting to see how how things flow. And The, the good five, news is
0: years. I retire in eight years so, I'll be <laughs> so, right until the end. so the
1: rest of us will be carrying the torch. <laughs> well, Evan, I always enjoy hearing your take on different topics like this. Learn from them and learn ways to communicate them better to our people. So I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to talk with us today. Um,
0: thank you. You've been a pleasure. This I was intimidated by this concept. but <laughs> You made it really easy
1: for me. Oh, good. And for all of our listeners thank you for listening to life at dhg our premier podcast series if you like what you just heard we hope you'll tell your friends and colleagues be sure to check out our dhg blog for more great stories about our life beyond numbers join us next time for another edition of life at dhg